metallic smells fill the room with a bathtub ready for the lady of the castle. As she undressed, the servants made sure to keep her happy because who knew what she was planning on doing? She was known for her torturous behavior, but how far did she go? The Countess was so high in nobility, maybe she would never be found out. Maybe the torture could and would continue forever. It was her servants she liked to play with. And the acts of torture were so odd. But she seemed to find so much pleasure in them. Cannibalism, mutilation, and blood. Those were her favorite things. Especially the blood. Because it made her young. Or so she thought. Or so she hoped. Elizabeth Bathory sat in her blood-filled tub as Countess Dracula. Hello, this is Caitlin from GBR Life of Crimes. In this podcast, we discuss women crimes and the psychology behind them. Why did these women commit these crimes? Was it mental illness? Did they do it just for fun? Keep listening because this week is about Countess Dracula, Elizabeth Bathory. So who was Elizabeth? Was there something going on in her childhood? Was it normal? How can someone turn into that? How could someone be Countess Dracula? Elizabeth was born into nobility in 1560, hundreds of years ago. In her family, at that time, they were Protestant that's not something you heard often because at that time Catholicism was the main religion but they did own most of the land in Hungary and they were Protestant specifically Calvinist Protestant her mother was a baroness Anna Bathory and her father well, he was a baron, of course, George Bathory. And they were both related to warlords of Transylvania. Warlords were definitely known for some torturous activity. But nonetheless, she was of nobility. And nobility means she lived a life of luxury and privilege even having a governess. Her mother was the niece of the King of Poland, Stephen Bathory. But he was also the Grand Duke of Lithuania and the Prince of Transylvania. And she spent her childhood in a castle, as I said, luxury. But there was one thing that was different about her 
she had epilepsy because it was said that she had many seizures as a child. Did these seizures continue into adulthood? Did they cause her to have some sort of psychotic break? Royalty is known to marry off their children before they're even born, often due to some sort of union between countries. And back at this time, it was extremely common to do so. And this was likely what happened with Elizabeth. While it's not known that she was married before she was even born, or married off in the sense of an engagement, she was decidedly engaged to Frank Nadasti at the age of 10. And in 1575, she married him. But it's pretty clear her marriage was due to requirement. However, their wedding was quite the event. They had 4,500 guests at this wedding. Even at that time frame, that is quite a large amount of people. So it was probably a to-do. But this wasn't a wedding or a marriage with no drama, even if it was known since they were 10 years old. Because only two years prior, Elizabeth had a child with a peasant boy. And Nadasti, well, he knew about it. And he had him killed. In an extremely violent manner, may I add. The boy was torn into pieces by dogs and castrated. A clear sign to Elizabeth. But don't worry, the baby was brought to live with a woman in another village. But to say that she was happy to marry this man is extremely unlikely. But as a countess, she was required not only to marry him, but to bear his children. And after their wedding, she did just that. They had four children and they stayed married for 29 years, from 1575 until 1604. And in between that time, well, it was said that she had lovers, but it was also said that he did too. And he wasn't always home because he was off fighting quote unquote wars. But in 1604, she was released from this requirement of a marriage because he died. See, in 1601, something strange occurred with him. His legs began to be extremely painful and no one knew why. And then over the next couple years, his legs went from being painful 
to permanently disabled. And in 1603, it was pretty clear he was getting closer towards death. And in 1604, he perished. So I bet you're wondering, in all those 29 years, what happened? Did he know about all those things that she was doing? Did he do it too? Well, here's the thing. In those 29 years of marriage, there was no reports or complaints or even stories known about the Countess about any crimes. But once her husband died, all of that changed. And it started with complaints. Now, at this time frame, complaints were basically how things were brought to light. They didn't have what we have today in regards to court systems. And this was a different country and a different way of doing things altogether. So complaints were brought to the court, specifically the court in Vienna. And they did so with her, right as her husband was passing away. But it wasn't until 1610 that any investigation started. Now this could be because she was of such high nobility, but it could also be because there wasn't any financial gain at the time. Because this was many years after the death of her husband. And it's also possible that this was because of the time. It was hundreds of years ago. But when they did finally come to investigate, they found 52 witnesses come forward immediately. And by 1611 there were already 300 plus witnesses. And what did the witnesses say, I bet you're wondering? Well, they said she killed girls, around 10 to 14 years old. And that included girls who were in nobility, just of lesser nobility, along with some girls that were abducted, and of course, the servants. Elizabeth was specifically accused of beating, burning, and mutilating the hands of her victims. But here's the strange part. She was also accused of biting the flesh off of the hands, face, and arms of her victims, along with freezing and starving them to death. At this time frame, it was not unheard of that people would beat their servants, but to burn their hands or mutilate their hands and biting off flesh? Definitely odd. But there was no real complaints 
about blood. See, that came later on. Here, let me explain. In 1610, when she was arrested and investigated, she was put under house arrest immediately. And in that time frame, they were looking for any and all of those witnesses. So around 1611, when they finally brought her to, you could call it a trial, but more like a way to say exactly what her sentence would be, those many, many witnesses that came forward almost a month later started to say they found her covered in blood and that's how they knew that she was even doing any of this to begin with but it was odd because she had already been arrested so how could she be covered in blood This podcast is brought to you by Caitlin from GBR Life, LLC. If you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to find me on social media under GBR Life and feel free to visit my website, gbrlife.com. This podcast is open to any sponsorships. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Back to this week's episode. If you're like me, you're thinking, of course she was covered in blood. She's Countess Dracula, and you found her in the middle of whatever the crime was that she was committing. But here's the thing. Those witnesses were stating that she had done those crimes while she was arrested, while she was in house arrest. They didn't know that she was already arrested while they were doing that investigation. So did she continue? She could walk freely in that castle. So they say. It's also been said that she was placed in a cell. But we don't actually know. One thing we do know is that in 1614, she died. At the age of 54. I bet you're thinking, there's some strange conspiracy going on about her death. But no. Likely she just died of old age, because at that time frame, the age of 54 was quite old. But that doesn't mean there wasn't any other conspiracies going on. Because the biggest conspiracy in her story was whether or not she actually committed these crimes. I mean, when you first listen, when you first read, you think, no way. But then... She was from Transylvania, and she did have warlords as relatives. It's not uncommon for these people to have known any violence in their lives, and she did suffer from seizures. So it is possible that something was strange about her, but there really is no proof of this. 
and she had no husband at that time frame. So there was really no one to really back her up. And then in addition to that, with no husband and all of that wealth, she had a lot of people to gain money from her. They could just take the kingdom from her. A little bit of Game of Thrones. And then there's the religion aspect. She was Protestant, not Catholic. And that was a very big problem for the Catholic Church at the time. And then there were also the bodies that were shown during that trial. They said that they were tortured, but we don't know who tortured them. It's all very strange. It's all very confusing. And it's quite difficult to know if she's the one who did it or not. But her story is her story. And the Countess will always be known for the bloody mess that she left behind and the hundreds that she was claimed to have killed. So now let's get to the most interesting part. What was going on with Elizabeth? Let's say she did commit the crimes, because it is quite possible that she did. I mean, we are speaking about crimes that were basically unheard of. Why would anyone say anything about blood? Unless it was just hysteria. But if it wasn't hysteria, and she really was doing this to those poor, poor victims, what was wrong with her? Well, here's the thing. There's only one symptom that we really know about. Her epilepsy. We do know that epilepsy can cause depression, anxiety, ADHD, and autism. But it's not known that she had any of those things. And even if she did, none of those things are anything that would cause anyone to kill, not knowingly unless they had some sort of sociopathic or psychopathic tendencies along with antisocial disorder. But she didn't seem to have any of those. And there was no complaints during that marriage. So it is quite odd. And it is quite difficult to say whatever her mental state would be. But the other possibility is that she didn't have epilepsy. It's possible that as a child she displayed symptoms of something else that they thought was epilepsy today because it is possible to have a mental illness with certain symptoms that do show signs of, of what they thought of as seizures. But the world will never know as I keep saying. But what we do know is that next week on GBR Life of Crimes, I'm going to be talking about Ma Barker. Interested in the mob? I know I sure am. And she was the head. A woman? In charge of mobster men? Yeah, and I'll tell you all about it next week. Stay tuned.
And thanks for listening. Thank you.